Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes explaining the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 9 and 10. The first note is about the omission of chapter 9, verse 1. The statement, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, is an outright lie and a curse on this text. Jesus did not have the ability to give others the power to heal or cast out demons because he was not God. Only God can give these abilities to someone through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The disciples did not receive spiritual gifts until the day of Pentecost when God sent them the Holy Spirit. Jesus received the Holy Spirit upon his baptism in water, but he did not have the ability to give spiritual gifts to anyone else. Acceptance of the Holy Spirit was the message of Christ because Emmanuel is the Holy Spirit within us, as the prophet Isaiah stated in Isaiah 7.14. Jesus was not the Holy Spirit, nor God, but God is the Holy Spirit with us. God is Emmanuel. This knowledge comes from the Holy Spirit. The next note is about an omission from verse 5. If people do not welcome you, leave their town as a testimony against them. The statement, shake the dust off your feet, is an example of a curse and an insult. Jesus would not have instructed his disciples to do this because it was contradictory to his teachings. The concept of showing the bottom of your feet as an insult is the modern day equivalent among people in the Middle East, and that is the curse the pagan editors were attempting to hide in this passage. The description of this appears in other testimonies as examples of plagiarized content. The heretical creators of these testimonies copied the content across all of the testimonies to fraudulently create false corroboration, but their idiocy is revealed in this vain attempt because the testimonies were from different people who existed at different times. The only potential eyewitness testimony is Matthew's. And these other testimonies, far removed from being witness testimonies, are not even corroborating the story of Matthew because of their falsehood. In a modern court of law, none of this testimony of Luke would even be admissible in court because of its inaccurate and hearsay content. Luke was a pagan Roman who only claimed conversion, and he remained uneducated on the difference between his original beliefs in paganism and the teachings of Jesus Christ who was a Jew. The next note is about verse 17 which has been corrected to say, They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This verse is acceptable. It is evidence of a miracle God enabled as a sign that Jesus was the Christ. This event differs from calming the seas by rebuking them or other events deleted as fraudulent because Jesus prayed to God. The miracle occurred because of faith and prayer, not by any magical power that Jesus had of his own apart from God. This miracle also proves that Jesus was not God because he prayed to God to bless the food and give thanks. Jesus not prayed to himself. The next note is about an error in verse 18, which reads, One time after Jesus had been praying in private, he asked his disciples who were gathered together apart from him, Who do the crowd say I am? The original statement said, Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, 
If someone is praying privately, then nobody else is there. The disciples might have been close by, but the meaning of private is clear that nobody else is around, and he would not have been praying in the presence of his disciples. The matter of this error proves that the text Herrick's claim is inerrant is truly filled with many errors, such as this one, because it is not the word of God. His disciples would not have been with him if he were praying in private, and it was a curse of false witness. Now corrected. The next note is about the omission of verse 19. What has been omitted said, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. The omitted statement had the intent to create confusion by stating the truth as though it were a lie. The truth is that John the Baptist was Elijah, who had returned to life on earth. Elijah's return was explained by Jesus to have been John the Baptist. And the inclusion of this statement posed as though it were not true has had the purpose of making people think that Jesus was not telling the truth about John the Baptist. It is a deep fake curse that insinuated Jesus was a liar and it has been removed. John the Baptist was Elijah, returned to the earth by Almighty God. The next note is about verse 20, which says, Who do you say I am? Peter answered, The Christ, the anointed one of God. The response that Jesus was the anointed one is the only acceptable thing that could have been said. As stated in the depaganization, the term Christ was not equivalent to Son of God. Christ is synonymous with anointed one of God, but neither term means Son of God. Defined by the prophecy of eternal truth, Son of God refers to either the holy angels or the fallen angels, and the term is an insult or false accusation of a man's birthright when spoken about a human being. While being the truth about Satan, who was the fallen son of God, Satan was the fallen son of God and an eternal spiritual being confined in the prison of angels for his crimes. The next note is about verse 21, which says, Jesus strictly warned them not to reveal this to anyone. Unlike the incidents of the healed or exorcised, telling his disciples not to tell others that he was the Christ is an example of Jesus having humility. While Jesus knew that he was the Christ because he had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and performed the many miracles, he would not have allowed the disciples to exalt him to be more than their rabbi or teacher. The action of telling his disciples not to tell others was a matter of having humility. This is not the same as telling the exercised or healed not to tell others the good news or to rejoice in God by telling them not to say he had done these things for them. He told those he healed and exercised to give praise to God or that their faith healed them. The next note is about verse 22, which says, And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus accurately states the truth about his future demise. He was killed, murdered. He did not die or sacrifice himself for the forgiveness of sin. It has been a pagan heresy to say that Jesus died as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. He was murdered by pagan Romans and heretic Jews. The next note is about an omission from verse 23, which now says, then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and follow me. 
The phrase, take up his cross daily, was an anachronism. All of these fraudulent quotations were perpetrated by heretics who were too ignorant to perceive the anachronisms their fraud has revealed to modern readers who are a thousand times smarter than those idiots who faked this document. Jesus did not make this statement prior to his crucifixion, and it would not have been an appropriate metaphor at the time. Prior to his crucifixion, a cross was not associated with the concept of having a commitment because it was an instrument of torture and murder. It was fraudulent and a false witness curse on the text. It is one of many errors being removed from the completely erroneous and fraudulent text that heretics claim is inerrant. The next note is about the correction of verse 30, which says, Two men, Enoch and Elijah. Moses was not transfigured to have everlasting life because he was a murderer. The truth of this statement is revealed in Jude chapter 1 verse 9. The dispute between Satan, represented figuratively in Jude's text as the Antichrist, heretics who changed the name from Enoch to Moses, was about the body of Moses. It was the archangel Michael, whose power is prophecy and knowledge of truth, that rebuked Satan. In Jude chapter 1 verse 14, the disciple continues his epistle to identify the true identity of the person who met with Jesus on the mountain by naming Enoch. Only those who had received God's gift of everlasting life could have appeared with Jesus during his transfiguration. Pagans and heretics who have worshipped Satan with their fraudulence and rejection of the Holy Spirit determined that the transfiguration event was for the purpose of proving that Christ was the Son of God. God transfigured Jesus to have eternal life at this time prior to his crucifixion so that he would be resurrected as proof that the good news he was preaching was the eternal truth. Repentance of sin and acceptance of the Holy Spirit is the path to eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Along with Enoch and Elijah, the archangels Fanuel and Michael could have been present also. For those who refuse to accept this truth, read Jude chapter 1 verse 9 again. And know that the verse states a rebuke of all arguments proposed by Satan in opposition to the fact that Moses did not receive everlasting life and his body was buried on Mount Nebo. All opposers to the acceptance of this fact are rebuked in the name of the Lord. The next note explains the mission of the parenthetical citation in verse 33. The parenthetical element statement. He did not know what he was saying was conjecture on the part of the pagan author who was not present to make this determination. There is no validation that this was told to Luke by Peter, and any argument that it was spoken by Peter to Luke is another fraudulent testimony based on conjecture. Pagans have also intentionally altered the true identities of these eternal witnesses to Christ's transfiguration because they refused to accept the testimony of Enoch found within the book of Enoch. Moses was not one of the men with Christ at his transfiguration because he was a murderer and confined in the repository of souls until judgment day. Pagans refused the testimony of Enoch because it proves that God did not impregnate a virgin with a child that would be his offspring. The next note explains omitted text in verse 41. The statement, O oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? was uncharacteristic of Christ's personality. Jesus was a man and could have expressed his frustration from time to time. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. 
and his mission in life was to care about and help others by healing the sick. This truth was validated in his recital of the scripture in the synagogue after his anointed with the Holy Spirit. The next note is about a correction in verse 47, which says, Jesus, knowing the truth of their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Christ could not know the thoughts of others because he was not a mind reader. But his gift in the Holy Spirit enabled him to know the truth of what other people were thinking. This ability was the gift of the Archangel Michael, who knows truth and foretells the future in prophecy. Jesus would have known the truth about the thoughts of his disciples, but he was not able to read their minds. The concept of mind reading is a paganization and inaccurately describes the abilities God gives to those who receive the spiritual gifts of prophecy and knowing truth. It is not a matter of knowing the thoughts of others, but it is a matter of knowing the truth about their thoughts. No completely valid proof of a mind reading ability associated with God's spiritual gifts exists because it is not a gift of the Holy Spirit to read minds. The Holy Spirit allows true believers to know truth and to prophecy. The next note explains the mission of verses 49 through 56. The passage about someone else driving out demons in the name of Jesus was a fraudulent editorialization. The ability to cast out demons was given only to Jesus when he received the Holy Spirit after baptism. There would not have been any other person with this ability until after the day of Pentecost. The inclusion of this detail is fraudulent for several reasons. Pagans supposed the ability was a type of sorcery that anyone could do. Pagans proposed that saying the name of Jesus was like a magic word. The anointing of the Holy Spirit did not occur for anyone else until the day of Pentecost. The entire circumstance is an anachronistic lie. Additionally, the statements about bringing fire upon Jerusalem are also fraudulently added. While Jesus would have admonished his disciples not to say such blasphemies, the addition of this statement had the purpose of portraying them as having forbidden powers. The ability to bring punishment by fire insinuated in the passage is the ability that God gave only to Raquel, the punishing angel. Jesus did not have this ability, and there is no reason for his disciples to suggest that they could do this either. The next note is in chapter 10, verse 9, which now says, Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. What has been omitted was the statement, Heal the sick because the disciples could not heal the sick by the power of the Holy Spirit until they had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Pagans injected this fraudulent statement as a means of denying the truth of the Holy Spirit. Their fraud had the purpose of rationalizing their inability to perform these miracles without Jesus giving them these powers. It was also pagan belief that a sorcerer had to give his powers to someone else. Their false beliefs and denials of the Holy Spirit have been a curse now removed from this text. The next note explains the mission of verses 10 through 12. The passage instructed disciples to speak a curse on the places that rejected them. This is completely fraudulent because Jesus did not teach curses and magic spells to his disciples. The paganization of this testimony reveals itself in the fraudulence of Christ telling his disciples to speak curses or spells when that is not the truth of his message and Christ specifically taught against such things in other testimonies. Luke was a heretical pagan and a false convert. Heretics who believe in this testimony to be the word of God are satanic and the antichrist because Luke was antichrist. The next note is about an error in verse 16. 
it had the grammatical error of a wrong pronoun. The heretics who proclaim that the New Testament is without error are hereby notified of their fraudulent belief in biblical inerrancy. The subject case pronoun is the correct form required for this sentence. Despite the fact that this text is an English translation, to say that it is without error requires any person making this statement to provide a completely error-free copy of this text as proof. It might be easier to put a camel through the eye of a needle. The New Testament is completely erroneous throughout. The next note explains the omission of verses 17 through 22. The ability to cast out demons is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were not made available to the disciples until after the resurrection of Christ and the day of Pentecost, when they received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This curse of fraudulence has the purpose of blaspheming the Holy Spirit by denial of God's power and insinuating that Jesus had the ability to give these abilities to others the same as a necromancer or sorcerer does in pagan beliefs. Casting out of demons without the anointing of the Holy Spirit is sorcery and necromancy. The pagan who perpetrated these fraudulent details did not know or understand God's eternal truth because he had not received the anointing of the Holy Spirit to have the correct understanding. The testimonies of this fraud had the purpose of attributing powers to sorcery and magic to the followers of Christ in the absence of accepting the Holy Spirit in the second birth. While the omitted passage says that Jesus was joyful in the Holy Spirit, the entire premise of his being able to give these powers to others is fraudulent, and pagans use the joyful reference in an effort to protect the spell from being removed from the text. The depaganization of the testimonies follows the guidance of God's eternal truth, and God is the Holy Spirit, not a magical power, nor pagan sorcery as implied by pagan Catholics who have perpetuated the practice of denying the truth about the Holy Spirit. The last note in this episode explains the omission of verses 38 through 42. The story of Mary and Martha was a fraudulent editorialization that had the purpose of implying Jesus had a tryst of some kind with Martha's sister. This event does not appear in any other testimony. While Jesus was a human being who could have lived a normal life and had a relationship with a woman like any other man, his anointing by the Holy Spirit and destiny as God's anointed one, the Christ, would have directed him otherwise. Jesus gave up a normal life for the greater rewards in heaven by foregoing any marital relationship. All accounts of his life and ministry prove that he did not have the time or means to propose marriage, nor did he have the need to live an ordinary life as other men. Jesus had no intimate experiences with any woman in his short lifetime and his celibacy was a personal sacrifice that he made for the greater rewards in the kingdom of heaven. The removal of this curse will free millions from Satan's grip of sexual immorality in their lives. The purpose of these pagan curses has always been to discredit the message of Christ with false witness testimonies, which were lies. It has been the demonically possessed that tell lies, and the pagans who editorialize the fraud into these testimonies were demonically possessed lunatics. One of them was Luke. Well, that is all we have for this episode. It might be obvious to everyone that quite a lot of Luke's testimony is fraudulent and being omitted. There's not much truth in a pagan testimony about Jesus Christ. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss notifications on the next release. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.